Let's go to the Lord. Father, we do, uh, we do lift up uh, the team, and thank you for those who are desiring, Lord, to serve you in that way, and, and we do pray for a good border crossing. I pray right now you'd start preparing hearts that, that uh, Lord, everything would go smooth and easy, and God, the trip would be a good trip down there, and then again, prepare hearts Lord, those men and women living in Keno, and Lord, for the church there that we could come alongside, brothers and sisters, and encourage them, and, and uh, Lord, just all the th- projects that I know that uh, are on the heart of Rick and Dora, that God, those would get accomplished. And so we just lift up that mission to you, pray that you would do good things. And God, today as we continue our study, looking at men and women of faith, uh, kind of stuck on this guy, Abraham, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that God, we would draw encouragement from what we read and, and, and Lord, what we see in this man And Lord, again, we wouldn't just look at him as some super saint, but we would know Abraham was a guy just like us, just trying to do life. And God, you are intervening in his life and doing some tremendous things. So God, again, I pray that we would be men and women willing to take that step, willing to trust you. And God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we continue this study and looking at Abraham, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I look at Abraham, I get encouraged just watching him and watching him walk by faith. And one of my favorite things about Abraham is what we're going to look at today and the way God just stretches his faith. And I think that's important for us to realize it's okay. God is going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone at different times, and it's all right. He's got you. So, you know, uh, again, if you, haven't, if you haven't been faithful to do what I ask, you're not familiar with Abraham, so I'm going to put it up one more time. Genesis chapter 21 through, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 12 through Genesis chapter 25, that's the story of Abraham. If you're not familiar, and, and I know here's what some people think. I know I, know I can read your minds. Here's what you're thinking, I know the stories. I don't care, read it again. Hey, get, get yourself refreshed, get into that and begin to understand and, and, and kind of get a heart for what's going on. But I wanna do a little bit of a timeline so we kind of get the idea. We've looked at Abraham a little bit last time, Abraham and Sarah, but let's think about this guy and his walk of faith so far up to the point that we're gonna look at today. What was the very first thing? The very first thing he was called in Genesis chapter 12 was to leave his family, right? Leave this place, leave your country, leave your family. So I kind of wrote it this way, family test passed. Right? He passed that. He, you know, he hesitated a little bit, but he got through, right? So we're kind of, yes, we're on a roll. And then right after that, he gets tested with a famine. <laughs> Fail. And here's what I like. I like that idea. Hey, some, some of you go, why do you like the idea he failed? Because it gives me hope. I don't have a perfect walk with the Lord. I don't have perfect faith. I don't always do the, what God tells me to do. I don't always step out. So when I can read somebody like this and the guy like crashes and burns almost instantly, I'm going, yes, there's hope for me. So he fails there. Then I, this next test is the one I kind of like. I call it the fellowship test. Getting along with Lot. Remember that story? Again, if you're familiar, him and Lot, they start kind of, the, their herdsmen start arguing. And here's what I love about Abraham. 
This guy trusted God. So Abraham goes to Lot, and here's what he says. If you go that direction, then I'll go that direction. If you go that direction, then I'll go that direction. I, Lot, you choose, I'll go the other way. Now, what does that say? Number one, it tells me Abraham knew what God had given him, and he didn't have to fight for it. Sometimes, listen, sometimes we get all stressed out. God has given us something. We think we got to fight and defend it and, you know, strive for it. No, you don't. If God has given it to you, chill. It's yours. You got it. And we need to get that lesson from Abraham. So instead of fighting with Lot, he goes, hey, Lot, you do whatever. I'll do the opposite. I'm good with that. And I love that. So fellowship test passed. Then he had to go rescue Lot. That's another good one, right? Fighting with the kings, taking care of what God has given you. What does he do? He goes and takes care of that. So, you know, the, the defending your land sort of thing passed. And then remember when he did that, he got all that stuff. If you know the story, right? He's coming back with all that stuff and, and the fortune test. Because some of us, listen, some of us do good when we're poor and needy with the Lord. And then if God blesses us, we don't do so good. But what is Abraham? He passes that test. I'm excited for Abraham now, right? We're on a roll. Man, we're going, we're passing, we're walking with the Lord. And then he goes along and then, listen, patience in fatherhood. Right? God promised him he would be a father. And remember the story? We talked about it last time when he took Sarah and they went to Egypt. Remember he told her, hey, sweetheart, tell everybody you're my sister because you are so hot that they're going to kill me. I, I just, every time I read that, so she does it, and you know, people make excuses for her, and she does it, and they go, well, you know, the culture, she had to be obedient and stuff. Have you read about Sarah? She's not this little meek, obedient lady, right? As a matter of fact, she doesn't even want to wait for the thing to be fulfilled. What does she do? Hey, Abe, we're both getting way too old here, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, I would use some of today's vernacular, but I might get in trouble. I'm gonna connect you with one of, my, one of my slaves, and you can just have a child through her. Oh, by the way, it's someone we picked up in Egypt. And then they have Ishmael. So patience and fatherhood, bonk, right? Big failure. And then she gets all mad once she has her child, right? She gets all mad, and you talk about not meek and mild, Sarah. You talk about Sarah coming to him and saying, Hey, dude, get rid of that woman and her son. Get him out of here. And Abraham goes, man, I really don't want to do that. Do you remember that story? That's kind of a heartbreak story, right? Every time I read that, I get, I get really bummed for Hagar and, and uh, uh, Ishmael. And I think, what a bummer, man. And Abraham tells the Lord, but I love this kid. He's mine. Couldn't you fulfill everything through him? And the Lord says, Abraham, trust me. I'll take care of them. I got them. Send them away. And he does that. So there's a pass, right? He's faithful. Not to what Sarah said. Sarah told him to get rid of him, but he trusted the Lord, right? And the Lord says, I got this. But in that, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it, but in that, do you remember what the Lord told him? He says, the promise of the seed, the promise of the future of Israel, is not through Ishmael. Who's it through? Isaac. 
And he says, so I've got this. I'm gonna take care of, I'm gonna take care of Ishmael. But the promise is through Isaac. That is the promise where everything I promised you will be fulfilled through him. So now we're at where we're at today. So that brought us all up to date. And now some of you are going, see, I don't have to read it. You did it for me. You still need to read it. You still need to get it. I left details out. But, but listen, then in verse 17 of chapter 11, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested. Now, here's what I think is, I think is interesting, and I know that I'm jumping around a little bit, but between Genesis chapter 21 and Genesis chapter 22, which is what verse 17 is talking about, there was about a 15-year period. And here's what I'm wondering. You know, Abraham's done this walk of faith. He's done really good. And I'm wondering, and this just might be me just because of of what's gone on in my life. I wonder if he got a little complacent. Like we walk with the Lord and we we go through certain things with him. And, and, you know, we go through some highs. We go through some lows. We go through some victories. We go through some, some deep valleys. And we do all those things. But then sometimes we can tend to get complacent. And I'm wondering if he got a little bit complacent and the Lord goes, Dude, have I got a test for you. Now, when God tests, listen, I think this is important. When God tests us, he tests us so that he's confirming our faith. He's strengthening us. When the devil tempts us, he's trying to get us to sin. Big difference. So testing is okay. Don't engineers test things before they put them out to prove that they're safe and they're good? So God, listen, he's coming up, and here's what he says. Here's a test, Abraham, and he's gonna test him. And it says, you know, when he was tested to offer up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said... Here it is in in chapter 21. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. So here's the deal. He's cruising along with life. He's gone up, he's gone down, he's blowing it, he's had victory. And now he's at a place and God says, hey, I want you to do something that's unimaginable. And man, when you read that story, it blows your mind. So let's go, let's check it out. Go, keep your finger here. We gotta come back to verse 19. But keep your finger here and go to Genesis chapter 22. And in Genesis chapter 22, it's kind of where I get it took some time. So, so we're gonna pick it up in verse one. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, Ab- and, and Abraham said, here I am. So listen, God is calling him to something. And if you guys have have watched the pottery presentation or seen it somehow, hey, I got to the place in my ministry where I had kind of gotten complacent. And I talk about that. And, you know, things are going good. It's not that that I'm not walking with the Lord and doing things, but things are going good. And it's like in a place where you go, oh, and you kind of like, and that's when the Lord said, hey, Pat, I've got something for you. And that came through Gaynell and her talking me into do the pottery presentation. Stepping out of my comfort zone, doing something that I wasn't really comfortable doing, I really didn't want to do, but yet God pushed me. And then you see the reward of stepping out. I look at that with Abraham. Abraham's kind of in the place and the Lord goes, Abraham. And he goes, here I am. I hope it's not big, but here I am. Right, because that's kind of, if we're honest, that's kind of what we think. And so listen, it says verse two, then he said, take now your son, 
Your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Really? I mean, do you read that? I mean, I don't know. I think almost everybody who reads that, don't you get a little bit like, what's God doing? Doesn't it make you question a little? This is so out of character of the God of the Bible who we know, and yet it's like, Abraham, take your son, your only son. Wait, I have Ishmael. No, you don't, not anymore. The one you love. And go to Mount Moriah. I love how specific, how direct God is. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time. There's people who want to defend God and fix it for God. You know, and hey, God's big enough to defend himself. You got a problem with what God's doing, you take it up with him and talk to him. I'm just the messenger, right? So listen, man, God tells him to do this. That is mind-boggling. But you know what? If God is not first in your life, then he's really nowhere. Because there's not a place for God to be second or third or fourth because you will just keep pushing him down and pushing him down. He's gotta be first. Hey, Abraham, am I number one in your life? Sure you are. Look what I've done so far. Okay, let's find out. Am I really number one? Take your son, your only son, the one you love. Hey, this goes against every, uh, listen, it's gotta go against every fiber of Abraham's body and mind. What are you talking about? Number one, this is out of character, God doesn't ask for human sacrifices, does he? Number two, my only son? Maybe we could have done Ishmael. Maybe that would have been easier, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being you know, sarcastic at this point, but really, Isaac? I want you to do this. Now, listen, I know every, almost everybody sitting here going, dude, I have read ahead. It's okay, Pat. And that's our problem. Listen, that is our problem, is we go with what we, you know, what we know ahead. You know, and you guys hear me say it all the time. Abraham is not read ahead. He's living this here and now. He's got to process this. He's got to deal with this. And he's got to choose whether he's going to walk by faith or by sight. Hey, this is against Hey, this is against logic. This is against, you know, morality. This is against everything. Are you going to trust God or not? How big is God? Is he number one? Is he in your life and you're going to say, God, I, this makes absolutely no sense to me in any way. No spiritual sense, no, no you know, logical sense, no human sense, no moral sense. Are you going to do it? It's scary. Now, listen, I'm not saying that God is going to put all of us in this test. And, and some people, listen, some people, they're just like a little poop out there. But I believe with all my heart that God desires for every single one of us to trust him and to walk by faith. Now, something to think about. And the reason I did the timeline this is not where Abraham started in his faith walk, right? He started way back. 
God is not going to put some major thing in front of you until you have taken the steps to get there. Abraham took the step of leaving his family. He took the step of of being in the land. He took the step of some failures. But he's come a long ways, and now it's time. Okay, let's see where you're really at. Now, I don't think God's wondering where Abraham's at. God's wanting Abraham to know where Abraham's at. So he puts this in front of him, and you know, again, I read this, and I hope, I hope you guys don't like just like, you know, oh, you know, we know the end, and it's all cool, and would you do it? Hard decision, listen, and then, and then I kind of, look at, look at verse three. So Abraham rose early in the morning and had a conversation with God. Because a lot of us, listen, a lot of us, We'll say, yeah, I'll do it, and then, and then we get to the place where we really gotta pull the trigger, and we're going, well, you know what? And then here's what I love, and some of you are gonna get mad. Then we put out fleeces, because we think that's spiritual. I've read my Bible. Putting out a fleece is an unspiritual thing to do, right? Isn't it when Gideon does not trust God that he puts the fleece out, and he wants to walk? Listen, what is a fleece? A fleece is saying, I wanna walk by sight, not by faith. I want you to prove to me this is what you've said, God. So, and I, I know for some of us, we're just like checking ourselves, and I get that, but you can check it through the Bible rather than doing that, because I've done the fleece thing. Hey, I remember one time with the fleece thing, I, I told the Lord, I said, hey, Lord, you know, I, I felt like I, I was supposed to do something, and I go, you know what, and this is really funny. It was like late March, early April. I go, you know what, if it snows tomorrow, I know that you wanted me to do this. It snowed. Zimbisby. It snowed. And I went, well, and then I, got, I did the whole Gideon thing. Well, you know, if the snow melts in two hours, then I, you, you know, and so here's what we do. You got to walk by faith. And so here's the Lord saying, I want you to do this. Now, I love, he got up the next morning. He didn't argue with God. And I know, listen, I know God can put us in some things that are very, very, very difficult to process. When I was in Bible college, we, on Fridays, we would always, Friday afternoon after the last class before we did our, our servanthood, last night I couldn't remember the name, we called it slavehood, but uh, it was servanthood where you had to put in so many hours at the, of working. But anyway, right before we'd do that, we'd take prayer requests and pray for each other and stuff. It was great, and because small, the classes were small. And I remember, I remember Gainel and, and Leah were driving up to the college uh, to spend a weekend with me and it was snowing because I was in the San Bernardino Mountains up at Big Bear, so it's snowing. So I said, hey, you guys, pray for Gaynell. Pray that, pray that they'll have a safe trip. And, you know, I, I think the group prayed. You know, you're thinking they prayed for you, right? But I remember I started working, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. I'll never forget God impressed on my heart. God's never spoke to me audibly, so I might say God said, but it's not like he went, Patrick. So, but he impressed on my heart so what if they don't make it? You still gonna love me? You talk about a freak out moment. I remember having the conversation with God. I don't like you saying that. What do you mean, what if they don't make it? What if they don't make it? Am I still gonna be your God? Are you still gonna trust me? Are you still gonna love me? And then I remember he's saying, I want you to give me your family. And I went, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Because I have to be really honest, I was scared out of my mind. 
Because here's what I thought. They're not going to make it. And he's preparing me. And I remember how scared I was. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. But you're scaring me really bad. But I will give them over to you. They made it. They weren't even late. But you see, he's going to take us to those places. And we're either going to trust him or not. And here's Abraham. You're going to trust me with your son, the one you love, your only son. Yeah, I can trust you with him. Well, then go up to Mount Moriah and let's see. So Abraham gets up in the morning. Don't you love it? Oh, by the way, he didn't have a conversation with Sarah over this one, right? I don't think you tell your mom. Now, a few years ago, there was that, there was that TV show, that little TV miniseries. I don't know how many people watched it called The Bible. Did any of you watch it? Like the worst thing ever. I used to watch that and get so angry. And Gaynell goes, why do you watch it? And I said, because I want my blood pressure to go up. That's why I watch it. Because I want to get mad. And I mean, it was so poorly done. And I'll never forget this scene. They have this scene. Number one, in that whole, mo- that whole series, everybody was dirty. Their faces were always dirty. And at the time, I would get on this, and on this uh, in, in Twitter, and we'd tweet back and forth about it. And these are people from all over, you know, and some of them not even believers. And I remember everybody saying, Do they, did they not have washcloths in the first century or something like, what's going on? Nobody washes their face. And, and it was just weird. It was like, that was, that was one of the bad parts. And then they had them such backwards people and they lived like nowhere and Abraham was some poor guy, you know, doing things. Abraham was a rich guy. Read your Bible. And then as he's taking off in verse three here, they have Sarah running after him. Stop, don't do this. So don't watch that series. All that to say don't watch that. You wouldn't tell, listen, you, you wouldn't tell a kid's mom, hey, hon, I'm gonna go sacrifice our son tomorrow or the next day, okay? Think that's a good idea? You're just not gonna, do, right? I don't think you're gonna do that. So I think he went, Sarah, Isaac and I are gonna go for a hike and I'm getting firewood for the journey. And he takes off. Now, maybe I'm wrong, maybe he told her. I don't, I, I, that's just me. I, I have a wife, I would not have told her. So Abraham rose, verse three, early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went up to the place which God had told him. So here's what I love, man. He gets everything pre-prepared, right? He splits the wood. He's ready to go, why? Because he knows if he gets to that place and there's any hesitation, he may back out. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do this, man, when I leave my house, there's no turning back. We're going all the way. And he gets a couple guys, he gets some of his guys to help. They take off and they, they go and it's a three-day journey. Look at verse four. So, uh, yeah, verse four. Then on the third day, three days. Can you imagine what was going on in that man's mind and heart for three days the wrestling he had, the battle that he had in his own mind over whether to trust God or not. Listen, I think our greatest spiritual battle is right here. 
And we've got to fight it. We're going to look here on Thursday nights. We're doing Ephesians, sort of. And we're going to get back into, like, going through Ephesians. We're going to look at the spiritual armor. But we've got a battle we have to fight. And I know every time the Lord has me step out in faith, I've got to fight my own battle of I can't do this. This is not going to work. How is this going to happen? And every time the Lord goes, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to trust me to do it. Oh, okay. And so I can't imagine. I mean, I would have I wanted the journey to be short, right? Three days is like forever. And I don't want to read a lot of the, you know, the cross and the resurrection and all of that in there. So listen, man, he just went for three days again, I think battling in his, in his heart. And then he lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Woo! I think he won the battle. You see, I think that battle in his mind, did you hear what he just said? We're gonna go up to the mountain, and what? We will come back. How could he say we are coming back? Wasn't he going up there to sacrifice his son, his only son, as a burnt offering? Do you know what a burnt offering is? It's like burnt all the way up. It's not like just almost dead, it's all the way dead. And he says, we will come back? What happened? What do you think happened in those three days that he could make such a statement like that? Because that's a pretty confident statement, isn't it? Do you think he settled in his mind? Well, I'm gonna go up there and fake it and not do it. No. He's not gonna fake it with God. Go back, keep your finger here because we gotta come back and finish this. But go back to, go back to uh, I was gonna say Ephesians. Where are we at? Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews. Look at verse 19. In verse 19, it says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Oh, you see, Abraham concluded something. That original word there means that Abraham calculated everything out. For those three days as he's wrestling with what he's about to do, in those three days, here's what he's going through. Is God faithful? Yes, God is always faithful. Has God kept every promise he's made to me? Yes, he's kept every single promise. Has he always shown himself to be the God of the Bible? Every time, every time he's done the right thing. Did God make a promise to me? Yes, he made a promise to me. What was the promise he made? He promised me that through Isaac, my seed would be blessed. Oh, well, if my seed's going to be blessed through Isaac, then how can Isaac die on Mount Moriah without any descendants because it's got to be passed through him? So here's what he came to the conclusion. Even if I follow through with this, my God will raise him from the dead. And he's coming back down the mountain with me because he has to. Why does he have to? Because God made a promise. And you see, in our lives, if we will calculate out the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, we're gonna be okay. But if you start wrestling, listen to me, and you start wrestling in your own power and your own strength, you're gonna get messed up. And here's what's gonna happen. You're probably gonna not do what he's called you to do. So I love this. We will return. You know, in John chapter eight, Jesus is having an argument with the Pharisees. You remember that whole, and they're having kind of a showdown and then they, Abraham comes up. It's always funny. When you, when you talk to Jews about anything, they're going to bring it back to Abraham. You know, our father Abraham. 
Do you remember they did that to Jesus? Well, our father Abraham. And he goes, you know, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. Do you think maybe, maybe Jesus is talking about this incident right here? That in that moment, Abraham saw that the resurrection was very possible because he knew, he knew his son was gonna be okay. Do you think maybe that's what Jesus, maybe, maybe they even had some kind of cool encounter, I don't know, reading a little bit into there, well, a whole bunch into there. But man, listen, man, here he is. He's like, we will return. Now, listen, having said that, and sometimes we say things that sound so spiritual, right? And then we kind of puff our chests out. Did you hear how spiritual I was? And then listen, and then about the time we do that, God says, oh, okay, let's see how spiritual you are. So listen, we will return to you. Verse six, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. Can you imagine gathering all that stuff? What, how, how, do, you think his, do you think his blood pressure went up a little bit? Do you think his heart rate was elevated? Yeah, that's kind of a scary thing. Listen, and then check this out. And then uh, uh, verse seven, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father? And Abraham said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Oh. All of a sudden, your puffed out chest goes, and you're, don't you know that I had to pierce his heart? like an arrow, dad, where's the lamb? <clears throat> Get a little choked up talking to your son now, huh? How are you gonna answer that? You can tell him he's the lamb. You're the offering because that's, for all intents and purposes, that's what's going on. He hasn't read the less rest, but listen, listen to what he says. You gotta love his answer. But Abraham in verse eight said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Let me paraphrase that. Let me paraphrase that. Hey, son, God's got this. I'm not sure how it's gonna happen, but he's got this, and we're gonna trust him. You see, I don't think you can come to that kind of faith unless you've taken those little steps to begin with. So many of us, we want to have a great venture of faith. We want to have an adventure. We, we kind of read stuff like this and we think, I want to have that, but we'll never take that first step or that second step or that third step. And we don't have ventures of faith. And I know in my life, listen, man, as God has pushed me out of my comfort zone and, and I've taken one step and then another step and then you kind of get back and you start looking back and you go, that was some insane stuff I did. And then you're going, but every time God came through and so you know what, then a bigger one comes and you're going, woo, let's do it. And it's not so scary and it's not so hard, why? Because you've already trusted God. But listen man, if you keep walking by sight and you keep grabbing things and you keep doing things in your own strength and your own power, you're not gonna trust him. I love, listen, I love the adventure that I'm on in my Christian life it has been so much fun. 
Hey, it's been difficult at times. It's been hard at times. If you were here Thursday, Gaynell talked about some of the times. I forget those, and she has to remind me. Hey, don't you remember this? Yeah, but that was like, that was a downer time. I like the up times. But man, what a venture. And listen, man, it didn't just happen. I had to take that step. I had to take that first step to go to Bible college. After I went to Bible college, I had to take the step. Listen, I had to take the step to plant a church. I'm not a good teacher physically in my own strength. I tried to teach pottery. I've shared that. I was horrible. I never taught anybody how to do pottery well. Every time I tried was a massive, massive failure. I even tried at a little college. I've, I've talked about a little, little uh, fine arts college in Texas, and they finally asked me to quit coming to class. I don't know how that happens. How do you ask a teacher to quit coming? And then God says, I want you to teach, and I go, man, you have a sense of humor. It's a gift. And you step out in faith. And then you step out in faith in another area. And then you do this. And then you, and pretty soon, man, you're walking in faith. And this is Abraham. How could he say, my son, God's got this? Other than he knows because God's got this every time. And God even got it when he failed miserably. Have you ever noticed that when you fail? God still got it. Because he loves us. So listen, he says, hey, God's going to provide. Now, I know that a lot of people want to argue how that's worded, and I don't want to get into that this morning, but God's going to provide the lamb. And then he says, listen, then verse 9, then they came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him, laid on the altar, or I'm sorry, and laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Wow, man, don't you get nervous? I know you guys are going, dude, I read this. It doesn't, man, come on, man. He's like this. I get this picture like, Egh. and he's ready. He's going to do it. He's not going to chicken out now. Wow. That is, that is frightening, isn't it? I don't, I don't have a son. I have a daughter. I don't think I could do it. I, well, I know I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it with a son. Who's going to do this? And again, I know some people go, what kind of, you know, I've heard people curse at God for this chapter. And I'm thinking, you don't understand what's going on. And you quit cursing at God when you come to him face to face. But listen, this is mind-boggling to me. And the fact that this guy's probably at least 15, 16 years old. He's not a little guy like in that TV show series. He's at least 15 or 16. You're 15 or 16. Your dad's 115 or 16. Hey, at least you can outrun him, right? I mean, if nothing else, I think you could take him, but at the very minimum, you could outrun him. So you gotta give Isaac a little bit of credit here, don't you? Isaac had to cooperate somewhat. So we gotta give him a little credit. But man, he's bound up, and here. And I, I just can't imagine, you know, you just wish at times you could go back and see that and, you know, we can try, but man, I can't imagine he's laying there and his dad is ready. And then, and then I love superheroes. A lot of us like superhero stuff, right? The Marvel comic stuff and all that. You talk about the ultimate superhero, you're ready to do that. And then out of nowhere, right? 
It says, verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Now, I get the idea, listen, I don't get the idea that the angel swooped down. I get the idea that the heavens open and this mighty microphone, right, came out and said, Abraham, right, right at the right time. He's like, already, Abraham, Abraham. Do you, do you, guys, do you guys have that kind of imagination? This is so good, man. It's so good. Because God is the ultimate superhero, isn't he? And listen, that Abraham, Abraham, I love that. And he says, listen, he says, Abraham. So he said, Abraham said, here I am. I bet he did. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. What a story. That's real, folks. You know, I just heard somebody today. I'm kind of thinking I probably need to just quit doing any kind of social media and stuff. I was on YouTube. And some pastor, a Bible teaching pastor, said this. You know, Genesis is just really metaphorical. It's not real. Oh man, you talk about wanting to crawl through a screen and strangle somebody. This is real. Listen, man, we can't, we can't relegate this. this is, God just gave us a metaphor so we will understand that if you trust God, you do. No, this is real life, real action stuff. And this guy walked through it. When you get to heaven, talk to Abraham about it. I'm sure this was never erased from his memory. And God stops him, listen, and don't lay your hand on the lad. And then, don't you love it? Verse 13, now, now the whole scene changes, right? Verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked and behold, there was a ram uh, caught in the thicket with, by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide as it is said today in the mount, the Lord will, or in the mount, uh, of the Lord, it shall be provided. Yes, Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is where they built the temple. Mount Moriah is where they tried Jesus. I don't think Jesus was crucified there. He was maybe on the range, but it's over, you know, not exactly on Mount Moriah. Whenever we go to Israel, and if we can get up on the Temple Mount, and there's times you can get up there, there's times you can't because of the, uh, the, the worship of, of uh Islam, and sometimes they want you up there, sometimes they don't, and they have control of that. But man, when we get up there, there's this little bitty, there's a little bitty shrine. It's called the Shrine of the Spirits. Nobody pays attention to it. The, even, the, you know, even the Muslims, they don't care if you do stuff there, so it's kind of good. But you can't open up your Bible. If you're on the Mount of, of uh, uh, the Temple Mount, you can't open up your Bible. You can't do a Bible study. You can't do those things because they freak out. It's kind of funny. They don't believe your Bible, but you better not do that because something weird might happen while you're doing that. It's like God may show up. But anyway, whenever we go up there, there's that little, there's that little shrine, and it's maybe inside, it's maybe four foot by four foot, maybe, maybe, maybe not even that big. But under this little dome is solid bedrock. Here's, here's the thing for me. That's Mount Moriah. I know that's Mount Moriah, and I like to get in there and stand on that. And then I like to just kind of close my eyes, and I like to think of this story, because it happened on Mount Moriah. And I like to think about, you know what? It said on that mount, God will provide. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He took care of things. Now, let's think for a moment, because I think this could be the story for a lot of us. What if he wouldn't have trusted him back in verse three? What if in verse three, instead of saying he got up early in the morning and he saddled the donkey and he split the wood and he did that, what if it would have said he had a conversation with Sarah, they had some coffee, and they decided that God was out of his mind and that they really don't want to do this because no God, no God that we serve would ever ask me to do something like this because, I, you know, I know God better than anybody and I know he would never ask this, so honey, we're not going to do this. As a matter of fact, maybe we should just move and he can't find us because if we move, surely God can't track us down again and we should go do that. And then, listen, what would have happened? And some of you go, you can't do that. Yeah, I can because I believe that's the story of a lot of us. God has got so much for us, and we don't trust him. And man, there's a story that could have been written, but it wasn't. Now, I know God's gonna get his will done, and I know his plan's gonna get done, but I wanna be part of that. I wanna be in there. I don't want to be on the outside looking in. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be involved, and that's kind of my life. I, I, I jump in, and I jump in with both feet, and I'm hoping it's a really good idea because if it's a stinky idea, I'm in anyway. Jump in, saints. Let's trust him. Let's be men and women that we're not going to be afraid to take those steps of faith. And it's gonna start, listen, it's not gonna start with you having to do something huge. It's gonna start with something little. Because if you can't be faithful, didn't Jesus say in the small things, how could you expect anything big? So let's do this. And let's get excited about what God's doing. Hey, quit looking around at all of the junk going on in our world and start looking up at Jesus and find out what God wants you to do right now in this generation to make a difference. And then do it. Let's stand up and pray. Father, we, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you so much. And, and God, what a challenge. We get these challenges uh, looking at these men. And again, I, I, I know for a lot of us, we, I know a lot of us are still looking at this and going, but it's just Abraham. And of course he had to do it because I've read it a hundred times. And hey, it was all new for Abraham. It was all a test for Abraham. And Lord, I know, I know that Abraham was no different than every single person in this room. He was just somebody doing life. And they either trusted, or he either trusted or he didn't. And the same is true with us. So God, let us take those steps of faith. And I pray right now for those who have, and there's been failure. I pray that right now they would know the failure does not disqualify them, does not sideline them, does not take them out. The failure just makes them a little bit stronger. And so Lord, use us. Let us answer right now, here today. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready. And then God, have your way in our lives. And I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer for another couple moments. And if you are here today and you've never taken that very first step, you see, the very first step is to trust him for your salvation. If you've never trusted him for your salvation, hey, you're not gonna go anywhere else. 
So I wanna challenge you right now to take that step and to do that, you've gotta be really honest with God. You have to come to God on his terms and be honest with him and tell him that you know that you're a sinner. That's called confession. God already knows you're a sinner. Listen, if, you, if, if you're in that place today and you tell God that you're a sinner, he's not gonna be shocked. He knows. But now you've come to the place where you recognize it. And you recognize that your sin has separated you from God. That's all bad news. The good news is Jesus Christ died on the cross to restore that relationship, to bring you back into that right place. And all you have to do is trust him. Believe that that is true. And the Bible says you will be born again. You will be saved. So if you wanna do that here today, I'm challenging you right now. Man, take this step of faith and let God know that right now you're ready. So I'm gonna say a prayer. You can say it with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it silently. But it's gotta be, listen, it's gotta be from your heart. It needs to be real. Maybe you're backslidden. You know what? Come home. Come back to Jesus. His arms are open wide for you. Come back to him. Tell him, man, I want to come home. If you're watching online, and again, no matter where you're at online, if you're watching right now and God is touching your heart, say this prayer with us. You don't have to be in this building or in a specific, you know, location. God is everywhere. So say this prayer with us. Jesus, today I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you, God. And right now I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. And now I want you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. Today, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior.